and welcome back to Mindfulness with Viv. So for our second episode, I am so excited to announce that we will be having a recurring guest who is one of my long-term most amazing clients, and her name is Katie. And we today we're going to talk about our fitness journeys and what got us to lose weight, how we kept it off, and any additional fitness tips we have for somebody who is either starting on their fitness journey, they're in the middle, or they're even just considering it. Because I know we both had very different experiences when it came comes to our weight loss journeys. So please introduce yourself, Katie. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm Katie. I've been working with Viv for about a year and a half at this point. Um, I went to Viv when I was really unhappy, really overweight. I was about 200 pounds um, and just not in a good place in my life. And since then, I've not only made a huge physical transformation, but my mental transformation has been just huge for me. So I'm excited to be here. And we are so excited to have you. I have just been wanting to you know, really start this podcast. And it took me a little while to do the second episode because I wasn't sure, you know, what I wanted to focus on. But at the end of the day, my passion is by far helping people become their fittest and healthiest selves. And I think most of that is really done by self-inquiry, by getting to know yourself, which I feel like with Katie, we really dug deep into her why, into what inspired her and just got her to ask questions that maybe she normally wouldn't have. So to dive into this first episode with Katie, um, I wanted to ask you, what got you to a place where you were unhappy with your body. I know you came to me around 200 pounds and I know your parents are very fit as you've told me. So I'm curious what had gotten you to a place where you felt like you weren't happy and you weren't in a healthy place. I think this is so interesting because when I think back, like there's not one thing where I'm like, oh, that was a really unhealthy habit. I, I never thought I was as big as I was. I never felt, you know, I want to say obese, but I was very overweight. Um, so I think if, if you go all the way back to childhood, I think growing up with very healthy parents, like you said, my dad is a runner. My dad goes to the gym every day. My mom is just naturally very small. Family meals were always a protein, a carb, a vegetable. That was it every single day. You know, we didn't have a ton of sweets. My dad forced me to play sports. You know, I was being set up to be very healthy and to like follow these strict guidelines. So I think when I was able to make my own life decisions, when I went to college, the priorities shifted. I didn't have someone telling me I had to play sports. I didn't have someone telling me what to eat. Um, and I think that's when it kind of got a little bit out of control because I think in college, your priorities shift to your social life, right? You kind of lose that sense of self priority and you move towards, you know, what am I going to do to make these friends? What am I going to do to be cool? You know, all these things. And the answer was always food. The second I went to school, it was like, let's meet at this restaurant. Let's start drinking. Let's go out. Let's not sleep. Let's stay up till four in the morning. All of these things that like now that I think back on it are just catalysts for, for being overweight. So that's when I think it, it escalated. And then, you know, I worked 35 hours a week. I was a full-time student. I really genuinely had no free time to focus on myself, which is, which is really interesting. Um, so yeah. 
You know, you saying that you didn't have, so you work 35 hours a week and that you didn't have any time to focus on yourself. I hear that so much, but you still work, what, 35, 40 mm-hmm. hours a week. So I love how you said I didn't have time to focus on myself. Yet when you came to me, you were doing the, your, your schedule was the same thing. It's not like you changed your job, like you, you had less hours. So when you felt like you didn't have time versus now, what is the difference there? Because your schedule didn't change. I think it's reorganizing the priority list. So when I was in school, it was, okay, I have to work. I have to go to school. So if I have 30 minutes of free time a day, it wasn't for me. It was for my social life. It was, at the time, a new boyfriend. It was all the other things I felt like I had to to fill those spaces. Whereas now, when I started working with you, I finally said, you know what? Screw all that. It's me time. So those 30 extra minutes a day or those hour a day that I have as free time is now my time. And I think that is the biggest change that I made mentally. It was like, I don't need to make everyone else happy. I need to finally choose myself. And that that is the biggest change. So what would you say to people if they do cherish their friendships? Like let's say they have a nine to five job and they really have very few hours and they just want to hang out with friends you know they want to go socialize but they also want to lose weight and be healthy but they they don't have all the time for both necessarily unless they compromise their sleep or you know something else so what would you say to someone who's like I mean I really want to get fit but you know I also want to go out I want to drink what would you tell them That is the ultimate question because everybody wants it all, right? You want to be fit. You want to have your work. You want to have your hobbies and you want to have your friends. And I think you can do it all. But to your point, you might be sacrificing sleep. You might be whatever. But I would say what I did in the beginning is I kind of listed out what my days looked like. So, you know, for me, my free time might not look like typical free time. It might be 10 minutes over my lunch break. Okay, well, I'm going to use those 10 minutes and I'm going to walk. So then I'm feeling like I'm getting those healthy habits in and that's kind of freeing up an hour after work to socialize if I want to. So it's really being really smart about your time because there's only 24 hours in a day. And I like to think there's way more than that, but there's not. So you really have to do those exercises of like, where is my free time? How am I going to use it? And what's got to give if it can't all happen? I love that. And I really see with my clients who struggle versus ones who you know, effortlessly lose weight is that the ones who struggle, generally they're very busy, but they don't see those 10 minutes as times that they could use. Mm -hmm. It's just 10 minutes of, oh, I can breathe, so let me scroll on my phone. And what I've noticed is that you take the time to reflect on your schedule and actually plan those things out, whereas most people... They wake up, they live their day, they go to bed and say, oh, today didn't work. Well, I'll do better tomorrow. Wake up, same thing happens because they don't sit down and plan. So how do you, like where in your schedule do you stop and actually like plan these things out? When does that happen for you? So I honestly use Sundays. Sundays are my meditation, laundry, chores, grocery store, making my list and like 
really setting my intentions for the week, which is something huge that you've taught me is like, sit down, think about your why, recenter yourself so that you can go through the week and kind of kick its ass, right? Like it's like you need that time to really center yourself. So that's when I do it. And I just find that if I prioritize right and I plan um, and I kind of strategize my week ahead, I'm way more likely to be successful rather than going through my week and being more spontaneous. So I, I really do try to dedicate that time to figure it all out as best as I can. I love that. And I'm def- I'm going to ask you for an example of how you scheduled this past week because a lot of people know that they should organize and schedule and you know, set aside time, but they don't really know exactly what that looks like. So let's take Katie back to one week ago and she is organizing her schedule. What does that look like? Tell me the thoughts or the notes that are going through your head. So I typically know big events that are happening. Like those things don't really pop up um, daily. So, you know, I'll usually know a week ahead. So like this week, for example, we had brunch yesterday with my boyfriend's family to celebrate Easter. So I kind of knew, okay, I have to wake up early to get my workout in. I'm going to think about the food I'm eating so that I can enjoy myself at that brunch. So I kind of walk through those standard fitness type things and I make sure if I know I need to wake up early, I will. Um, So that's kind of where I start. I plan around the big events. If I don't have any, it honestly makes my week a lot easier to plan because to be quite honest, my days are very um, standard throughout the week. I do the same thing pretty much every single day. So if there's no big events in the way, um, then it, then it's pretty easy. Um, I think about food, I think about meals and I think about, again, that free time. Do I want to use it for myself? Is it a date night week? Do I need to plan things where I'm, um, feeling close to my boyfriend? You know, what, what is there in my personal life outside of fitness that I need to plan around? Um, so that's typically what I'm thinking through. I love that. So you are in a relationship Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are in relationships and find it hard to balance both. So you were saying how you were thinking about your priorities outside of fitness. Um, What are your priorities outside of fitness, if I can ask? Yeah, so it really is my boyfriend. It's my boyfriend and my family. Um, I... In the very beginning, it was it was a strain on my relationship. I think it was really hard to go from eating out all the time with my boyfriend and that being kind of our special time together to me saying, hey, sorry, I'm now going to cook and I'm going to be at the gym a lot and I'm really prioritizing myself. So I think it took some time to figure out that balance. Um, but now that I've kind of gotten my fitness down to a, a pretty good routine, I've been able to weave other priorities back in. So date nights with my boyfriend things that make us both happy together has been has been huge for me and and has been really great for our relationship Um, and then family I really prioritize making sure I can hang out with them seeing them on the weekends um, and just making sure I'm not missing those big occasions that like when I first started my journey felt very stressful to me because I had to plan around them I felt like I couldn't fully enjoy myself Um, so now again because I'm in in a pretty good routine I feel like I can weave those back in um, and feel feel good about that. So at the big, and I had the same experience when I started my w- weight loss journey. Is in the beginning when I was starting new habits, going out to eat for like birthdays and dinners and lunches was not fun for me because I felt like I had to exert so much willpower in not drinking mm-hmm. or not choosing these delicious desserts that I was used to eating previously. 
So I'm curious, you were saying how it's easy now, but in the beginning it was hard. Did you have that same experience or what made it hard in the beginning that does not make it hard now a year and a half later? I think in the beginning it was honestly the pressure of the people around me. We would go out and, you know, I would go into it saying, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to eat crazy, I'm going to make the choices I want to make. And I would kind of be around people that were like, oh, just eat the cookie. Oh, just get a cheeseburger. You know, you're so strict. Just let loose this one time. Um, And so it took a while, I think, for my loved ones to realize I was serious. And so I think when I finally was like, I really stood up for myself, I really said no a lot in the beginning, um, and I was really honestly strict, I think they realized, oh, shit, she's she's in this. Okay, we're going to we're going to go with it too. So then my family and my friends got on board. And when we went out to eat and I, maybe I ate beforehand and I didn't eat at dinner, I stopped getting kind of the comments of treat yourself, eat a burger. Um, and I think that is the biggest shift when you, when your loved ones are on board, it is so much easier. I love that. And I love that you said that because I have so many clients and just friends who struggle with that you know, they're starting out their fitness journey. And if that is not your normal routine, people think that you can be swayed. Mm -hmm. And if you don't stick to your guns and they tempt you and you give in, you're teaching them by your behavior that you can be tempted with just a little bit of persuasion. And so I know that this is probably, if you're listening, not when you want to hear if you're feeling tempted, But ultimately, it really comes down to you sticking to your guns. And when you are out eating, you don't have to be rude about it. Let them know, hey, I know this is new and I normally don't eat so healthy, but this is really important to me and my fitness goals. And I know it's just going to make me feel so much better. I know you don't mean anything by, you know, your temptation. Um, It would just make it so much easier, as I'm sure you could imagine, to just you know let me do my thing and say it in a you know in in that way where it's you understand where they're coming from you know I mean when we are the not fit friend and your friend starts losing weight you want them to join I mean I understand I've been there I've tempted my friends because I don't want to be the only one drinking I don't want to be the only one eating like crap and so I am going to tempt other people so I don't feel alone so I do understand when they do that to me but it's really sticking to your guns so consistently that they don't even think to tempt you because they're like no this is not who she is anymore but you have to show by your actions and as much as it can feel like why don't they just not make those comments you can only control you you can only control what you say what you do and your actions and people treat you based on what you do So if you show them you can tempt me because I give in every time, they're going to continue to do it. And it's really about you being with yourself, being your biggest cheerleader and not expecting others to be the ones to, you know, support you, especially in the beginning. They will eventually, but only when you show that you are serious enough. And I know that's not the ideal answer, but I love that you said that because it's so true and most people will give in and so then they get frustrated when their loved ones keep tempting them but it's because they keep giving in and so they're teaching them hey you can tempt me I'll give in you know what I mean so 
Thank you for that. I, I just feel like that is so, so relatable. So I'm curious, what was the moment for you that like, wow, I need to change something in my life that prompted you to reach out to me? Like what happened? Or maybe it wasn't one moment, but like series of feelings over several months. What was that like for you that made you say, hey, I need to reach out to somebody? I think, and again, I said this in the beginning, I never thought I was overweight. I never thought I had really bad habits. I didn't see it in the moment. But what I started to pick up on was I'm not feeling good consistently. I consistently have a headache, consistently have stomach problems. I'm just not feeling very good. Um, And I also knew, like, I was picking up on my parents kind of making comments of, like, you know... uh, I can't remember, but there were very subtle hints of like, they're, they're concerned about my health. And I think that is something when you pick up on it, it's a little bit shocking and it's a little bit like, Oh my God, these people think I'm overweight and I'm unhealthy. And like, that is scary. And I think when you, when you take it away from just the physical appearance, when you think about like your long-term health and like your long-term goals of like, I want to have kids and I want to be able to play with my kids and I want to live a long life. Like when you really think into those thoughts, it gets a little scary. So I, this is so cheesy, but I literally woke up one day and I just found you on Instagram and and that's the day that changed my life. I don't know what the moment was. I think I just was overwhelmed with the feeling of like, I know I'm not healthy and I don't understand why I can't get myself to do this on my own. Like I had, I had, I had the ability to make the change by myself and somehow I couldn't do it. And so that's when I knew I needed somebody to jump in and and help me. Did you try to lose weight on your own? I, well, (laughs) I like to say I tried, but I probably probably didn't try that hard. Um, I did like this thing called, um, it was just like weird shakes and, you know, it was kind of the whole eat two shakes a day and eat one normal meal. And it was kind of that stuff that I was trying, which is so ridiculous. I don't think I ever got myself into a gym because I was uncomfortable. I don't think I ever really pushed hard. And I think part of that is growing up, I was the bigger kid. Like that's just who I was. And I think I really internalized that as a part of my identity of like, I'm just a big kid. I can't lose weight. I'm not going to, I'm just built this way. This is how I am. Losing weight is hard, blah, blah, blah. And I like really leaned into that. So I never super tried, um, which is interesting that you bring that up. Cause it's like, why, why wouldn't you try? If you know, if you know you want to lose weight and you know, you're scared of being unhealthy, what, like, why not? Well, I think that's relatable to a lot of people who struggle to lose weight because they do identify as, well, this is my my size. Like, I am just bigger. And if I had to guess, I would say even though you want to lose weight, it takes a lot less pressure off of you when you say, well, I'm just built this way. Mm-hmm. Because if you say, no, I can, I have the power to change this, you're saying shit, I'm not choosing to. It's, and now you're putting it on yourself saying like, oh crap, it's not my body's or genetics fault. It's my fault. I'm not taking the actions. And that is, that personal responsibility can feel scary as heck. You know what I mean? So I can totally understand why you would, you know, kind of stick with that. Um, but just the fact that you had woken up one day and decided to make the change it sounds like for you, what I love is that it wasn't an external look 
that motivated you. It was something, it sounds like so much deeper. So, I mean, even list, like you were just saying, you know, I want to have kids. I want to be healthy long-term. Was that your, do you feel like when you were starting, because I'm assuming when we had started, it wasn't easy. It's not easy for anybody. What were the things that you told yourself when you were struggling in the beginning of your weight loss journey? Or, or if you ever hit like sticking points, maybe we plateaued. What did you tell yourself or how did you keep yourself going versus saying like, oh, this is not working. I give up. It's too hard. It's too much effort. Gosh. Yeah, it was freaking hard. <laughs> but I just remember the first, probably the first four weeks were just really hard. It's hard because... Well, for you, I remember like we did our intro call and then all of a sudden I was like getting on the plan. I had sent you my payment and all of a sudden we're doing this and I'm like, oh, oh okay, <laughs> I guess we're doing this cool, <laughs> which I kind of love because you didn't give me the chance to think about it too much. So I really couldn't have backed out. So honestly, huge kudos to you as a coach for doing that to me. Um, but when I think about it, it was like it was completely cold turkey. It was going from fast food, three meals a day, being really busy to all of a sudden I have a gym membership. I'm tracking food like so it's so scientific. It's so detailed. Um, and I was really putting in that time. So I think in the beginning when it was really hard, like the first four weeks, I was like, you know what? Give yourself four weeks. Give yourself this time. Try it out. See what happens. There's nothing you're going to lose. I was financially invested. Right. I'm I'm holding myself accountable to you, which was a huge part of it. I really held on to that to motivate me. But then after those four weeks, when I saw a little bit of progress, I really held on to the like, you can do this, Katie. Like, look, you can do it. You've, you've been lying to yourself for 23 years thinking that you can't lose weight. You can. So I think when, when you see that little bit of progress and that little nugget of like, good job, Katie, you know, that is what keeps pushing you because you realize it's attainable. And then, yeah, it just kept going from there. And I think also the one thing I kept telling myself is like, this is the only thing I do for myself. I am very big on making sure the people around me are okay, making sure everybody else is satisfied and happy. And, and I always take the back burner that's just how I am. And so that was also a huge motivator of like, this is the first time you're doing something for yourself. Like, don't let go of this. Keep going. Wow. That, and I will say um, for those who don't coach with me, it is a lot that I require from my clients. Um, they track their food every day. You start weightlifting. It's, it's a very big change from never even thinking about what you eat, which probably was where you were, to, oh, now I have to track everything I eat? This is different. And I totally understand that it is a very big change. And it's not for everybody because – the commitment level to do that, you really have to want to change your life. But I do love how you really broke it into baby steps for yourself where you said, okay, these next four weeks, what do you have to lose? And I think really allowing yourself to not put so much pressure and say, oh my gosh, I have to do this for how long? Or, you know, like, oh my God, I have to do this for my whole life. But instead remembering, hey, there's nothing that I'm losing. I'm already invested, even if it's just a month, two months, three months. The worst thing is that I'm still in the same place and, you know, I don't, I don't make any difference in my body. But I think when you really put yourself into the worst case scenario, 
it allows you to say, okay, like if this is the worst thing, essentially I don't make any change. Am I going to die? Like, am I, you know, (laughs) is, is this the end of the world? No, it just means I'm still in the same place, but like I'm already in this place. So why not at least try because the benefits or the what ifs on the other side are monumental. You know what I mean? And at least, you know, you tried. Um, and I just think that really giving yourself though that leeway of like, okay, this first four weeks, just stick to it then and don't overwhelm yourself with the big picture because I do think a lot of people overwhelm themselves and really think too far in the future. Um, and you know, that's where anxiety and stress come from. And so really just bringing it down. Okay. Just today or just this meal or just this next hour, you know? And I didn't have, and that's a good point. I didn't have super lofty goals. I didn't come to you thinking, okay, I have to lose 75 pounds by this set date. Like I was very open with my goals. I remember you even asking, you know, what is your goal number? And I was kind of like, I don't, I don't know. I don't have one. Like I just want to feel better and be better. So I think to your point that that really does help because I didn't see a finish line. I just saw like day to day what I had to do to be okay. Yeah. I love that you said that. I Every time I go on a client call, like a potential client call, I ask them, what are their goals? And it's actually a trick question. I am actually looking for people who say, I don't really have a goal. I'm just like, I want to see where this goes. I actually look for people like that. <laughs> and they say, you know, I think it's very different from our, our society. It says you, you need to have a goal. You need to know what you're working towards. And I think to some extent that is true. But for what I've noticed with people who lose weight, not like stress-free easily and keep it off long-term. They're so open to whatever happens because most people have expectation. I want to lose this amount of weight by this time. And you know what? Especially as a female, your body is going to go up and down. There's going to be plateaus. It is not going to go the way that you think. I can almost guarantee that. And so when you set these very specific expectations and you most likely don't hit them, you are in for hell. You are in for a treat because you, when you don't meet your expectations, now you just feel that much worse. And for me, this last time that I had lost 30 pounds, I finally said, I have no goal. I have no goal. I'm taking it day by day. I'm going to do what feels good. I know the general idea of where I want to be. I want to be leaner. I want to be consistent with my nutrition, my workouts. I don't want to eat like shit and I don't want to drink. Those were my goals, but it was very open-ended. And so if you're listening to this, I really urge you to be very flexible and adaptive with what your goals are and what you expect and really focus more so on the habits that you implement day to day versus what you're trying to get out of it. Because if you're only tracking and working out for a result, if you don't get that that result, then why would you ever continue doing that habit? And I really find the success is in the enjoyment of the habit itself. It's tracking because you like tracking. You like being organized. It's working out because you like working out and it feels good. And so even if you don't get the results in the same amount of time, you're doing it consistently day in, day out just because you like it, just because it's a fun challenge, because you've made it a game. So that's the one thing with macros. It's like some people think it's like, oh, I have to track versus let me make this a game. 
let me see how I can actually, you know, make this fun and like try to use it as a puzzle, like Tetris. If you've tracked macros, it's kind of like Tetris in many ways. So what are your thoughts on that? Oh my gosh. That's, I mean, it's really interesting. And actually one of the things that you said to me probably halfway through my journey that has stuck with me so hard is like, I think I was complaining about not being able to lift a certain weight. And you, you simply said, you know what? Good thing you have a lifetime to get there. And I was like, oh, you're right. I was like, oh, you're right. Like, I don't have a timeline. I don't have specific dates I'm trying to hit. And I do think that that really, really leads to success. Because if you don't have very specific points you're trying to get to, you can just enjoy the journey. You'll take it as it comes. You'll you'll jump those hurdles when you have to. Um, and for me, the goals kind of came as my journey continued. So as I realized, you know, I'm tracking macros, I understand that a little bit more. My goal was then to incorporate food I love and to incorporate food that made me happy while also hitting my macros. So to your Tetris point, it really is like fitting what you want, where you want, when you want it. And it, it's using it to your advantage rather than thinking, oh, macros are a way to restrict me. It's like, no, macros actually give you the ability to eat what you want when you can, which I think is awesome. So yeah, it's adjusting your goals along the way and just, just knowing you have a lifetime to get there. (laughs) It's so true. And just with, you know, with setting goals, because I know if you hear this, you're like, well, how do I know like how to, you know, what to achieve? I highly recommend setting habit-based goals, not number goals, not pant size goals, not weight goals, because you don't know necessarily what you are going to like in terms of your physique with size weight you know any of that until you're actually there and feel it and the idea of something is so much better than the reality of it so I really just recommend that if you are going to set fitness goals set habit-based goals set hey I'm gonna walk three times a day or I'm going to eat you know three meals with vegetables in it whatever that is for you set habit-based goals that you can really monitor and track because the thing is you can control habit-based goals. You control the energy you put inside and out of it, but you can't control if you're going to lose one to two pounds this week. I mean, you, you might think you can, but you'll be surprised at how much your body will fight you during the weight loss process. And for those listening, our bodies don't like to lose weight. It's actually geared to prevent weight loss as a survival mechanism so just think of that when you set weight loss goals and you get frustrated that you're not hitting them our bodies are not designed for this it's actually designed to gain weight that's why I believe the statistic is one-third of Americans are obese and 60% are overweight which is that is a very large number let's be real so anyone watching this or listening to this really focus on those habit-based goals and making them baby steps attainable and don't overwhelm yourself. So what I want to close off with, Katie, is what would you tell somebody who is starting their fitness journey or who's, you know, where you were in the beginning? I mean, it's easy for you to look back now because you've gone through the journey, but like really I want you to tap back into when you had started and, you know, what do you think could have helped that Katie when she had started her journey that maybe she didn't know at the time? Oh my gosh. That's such a tricky question. I, you know, I always want to give the golden nugget of advice. I have friends who are like, you know, what was that one thing? Like, what's the key to this success? And I'm always like, well, there's not really one. 
But I would say the biggest thing I would have told myself is, one, just do it. Just freaking do it. Get to the gym. Put your sneakers on. Put your leggings on and just go. You know, the first step is just getting there. So I think that's the first piece of advice I would say. And then the second is really hold on to your why. I think we always talk about this, Viv. We always say find your why and hold on to it really tightly because, again, when you're around friends and they're tempting you with with cheeseburgers and cookies, you know, if you know your why – you can center yourself and you can bring you bring you back to why you're doing all of it. And, and in the times of pain and when it's hard and you want to give up, if that why is significant enough for you, you'll push through it. So, well, what is your why? Oh. Like what? You know, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I was you, hoping you wouldn't. <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask you because I, I, you know, it's because I, I tell it to people all the time, but then I go, wait, what is my why? And it, it's, it's, it's easy to tell people like, yeah. hey, find your why but I want to know like I think your why is subconscious I actually don't know if you know your why but just what I see I feel like a lot of what you do is just because you identify as that's the person you are so I'll give you a little bit of time to think about it (laughs) but if you you know if you had to you know dig deep what would you say your why is I know. Now I feel like a phony. I'm telling people to find their why. No, I think <laughs> I think mine mine is really subconscious. Um, but but truly, my why is I think it's actually the feeling that I get when I'm when I'm making these choices. So, it's the feeling of knowing I can do something that is really hard, knowing I can accomplish something. I think my why is is not feeling sick all the time and not feeling upset and not feeling guilty. It's it's those kind of internal things. I don't think my why is next necessarily extrinsic. I'm very in, intrinsically motivated. So, yeah, I think you're pretty spot on when you say it's subconscious for me. But those you know, feelings. I, I definitely think yours is intrinsically uh, – your motivation is definitely intrinsic. And if I had to guess – now, I don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> but if I had to guess, I think really what your why is is that you are – you are – I feel like in every area of your life, you are a high achiever. Like you have to do the best all the time at everything. Like I just see that in, I mean, when I give you a project and and you send it back to me, I'm like, wow, she put in a million times more work than I would have ever asked for. And seeing you in different aspects of your life just shows me that you identify subconsciously, subconsciously as a person who like, just does the best at everything and why I say that and also because you you were a straight-a student I'm assuming yep yeah I knew it (laughs) she nodded her head but why I say that is because I am the same way since I was a kid my parents and I think this is why me and Katie are the way we are my parents said you better get straight A's a B what what the hell is that that's an F like what is a B and so my expectations were set up very high and I think Katie's were were too as a kid and so when we set out to do something we do not half ass it it is part of our identity that we are going to give our all like we are going to do the very freaking best and I do think that that is what motivates both of us like I, you know, a lot of my initial motivation was external, but at the end of the day, it really comes down to, I am not, this is really how I talk to myself. I'm not a pussy. I'm not a bitch. (laughs) I can do this. Like, are you kidding me? Like I, you know, I am honestly, it's it's part of it's like ego where it's like, I'm not like everyone else. I'm not going to be overweight. I am not going to 
to succumb to all of these temptations that everyone else succumbs to. I am better than that. And I, I'm totally like admitting to you guys, admitting that to you guys on this podcast right now. But I really think I, I see that in Katie because it's a reflection of what I see in me. So I don't know what your thoughts are <laughs> on that, but she's nodding as I'm saying all these because I feel like we're so similar. I'm laughing because I never would have put it like that, but you're so <laughs> you're so spot on though. Like to me, and you always say this, like you're always impressed with my work ethic and you're always impressed that whatever you give me, I can just do it. But to me, it's just normal. Like that, that is just how I function. Um, and I know not everybody's like that. So, so it's hard probably to listen to us say these things because for people who do struggle with kind of the motivation and the doing, you know, when I say just do it to some people, that's, that's very difficult. So I always try to have empathy for that. But, but honestly, yeah, it's just the way I function. Like I'm made to be a planner. I'm made to accomplish. And like I just wouldn't have it any other way. Well, I will say this to my listeners who might feel a little bit discouraged. I was always a straight A student, but that's all I identified with. My mom cleaned up after every single mess I made since I was an 18-year-old child. And I'm going to say child because I didn't know any other skills other than study really hard and get straight A's. That's the only skill I knew. When I got out of bed in the morning, you know what happened? My mom would say, make your bed. I'd be like, okay, hold on. I have to pee. I go pee, come back. It's made. Yes. So I learned that if I just wait five minutes, Everything will be done. My dishes, gone, clean. So I did not learn organization, cleaning, nothing. And my parents always said, you're so disorganized. You're so messy. And so although I identified as a straight A student, I also identified as messy. I identified as disorganized. I I identified as all those things. So if you are listening to this and you identify as that, when I, when I really started to change my habits, it really was a year ago when I had started this new fitness journey. Even when I first started my fitness business, I was disorganized as hell. Like I was just kind of doing whatever, whatever was thrown at me. And it wasn't until I really said, no, I am going to identify as someone as organized and clean and really strict with her time. And I just kept telling myself that. And because I kept telling myself that I started to do those things, but I did not do them until I was, what, 23? Yeah, 23 or 24 years old. So that was not in my identity, but I stopped saying, I'm, oh, I'm just messy. And my parents to this day, when I see them, we go for lunch like every other Sunday, they still say, she's such a messy person. She's this, she's that. I don't even argue with them. But in my, because they don't, they don't see my new habits. They've only seen what, the 18, year old, 18 years of me have been, which was messy. But now I am not that person because I don't choose to be. And you know what? Katie was always an what, overweight child, and now she does not choose to be an overweight child. And let me tell you, she is fit as hell. She is so fit. You would look at her and be like, oh, she's just naturally slender. I mean, when I look at you, you look like, oh, she's just, you know, she's just naturally small. So I just want you to know that even though you may feel like, wow, they just are built that way. No, there are so many things that I had to learn, but I chose to learn and I didn't allow myself to be my old self. It's all about really what you put up as your own standard. You know what I mean? So I just want to let you know if you're listening to this that there is there is hope for you. <laughs> you just have to make the decision of, what type of person do you want to be? And then just be that. 
don't give yourself an option to be the other person because as soon as you give yourself an out, you will take that. But like Katie, what she did when she had started her fitness journey, she came to me, she committed both just emotionally, energetically, and financially, she gave herself no out. And because she gave herself no out, she had to do it and stick through it. And the hard parts, do you have comments? No, I'll fin- <laughs> finish and then I'll add my last comment. <laughs> I was, and I was just going to say that she had to stick with it. And emotionally, you're going to go through so many ups and downs where you want to, you don't want to, you're motivated, you're not motivated. So if you find a way to make yourself do it, even when you don't want to, whatever that commitment may be to you, that is when you will make it a habit. That's when you will make it your identity. And it's not going to be easy. It's not painless but it's so worth it. So I think that reminded me of my, probably my biggest piece of advice. Um, and then we can end it. But I think what I always tell myself that I forgot while we were talking is that do not stress about the things you cannot control. So if you are somebody that is looking at the scale and that number is really freaking you out, you can't control that number. What you can control is your behavior. So just like Viv said, focus on your habits, focus on what you can control. If, you know, if that number is really freaking you out, if you know you're doing everything possible that you can, then don't worry about it. The number will, will figure itself out. The pant size will figure itself out. So just do what you can focus on yourself, focus on what's in your control. And I think it'll, it'll really help you, um, achieve success. I love that. And as you can tell, there is a bit of faith in that process. And if you are somebody who is, maybe you call yourself a realist, Maybe you call yourself a pessimist. I want you to allow yourself to just for this very, this one thing in your life, have some optimism, have some faith and have some trust because that is really the only way you're going to get through those times where you're not seeing progress. So I just want to thank you, Katie, so much for joining us. And like I said, she is going to be a recurring guest each week. I am still figuring out what or how I want to organize these podcasts, but I love having Katie on here because she, she really inspired me to get more organized. She inspired so many of my habits, even though she was my client. And I find she has so many gifts that I don't even think she knows about just quite yet, but I'm so excited to bring it out of her. And if you have any requests of what you would like to hear us talk about Send me a message on Instagram at Viv's Gym. And where can our listeners find you? My Instagram is at katieoki123. Yes. Um, (laughs) Shout out to sixth grade when Instagram came out. No. um, Or I'm sure you can find me somewhere on Viv's page. Um, We tend to work together a lot. And she posts about my progress. So always happy to answer questions and talk to you all. I'm very excited. Yes. I honestly think that. I just if you have any questions obviously you can always message me but I think Katie has so many nuggets of wisdom that she has yet to tap into so if you'd like her to tap into her wisdom what whatever whatever the (laughs) word is reserve um definitely send her a message or just give her some love on her page we love Katie we are big me and D doesn't even know you and I'm like Katie's amazing she's (laughs) And he's like, oh, yes, Katie's amazing because we, you know, we think whatever we hear. 
So just thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so excited to have you next week. And thank you for our listeners for being here with us. And we both wish you so much success on your fitness journey and so much patience because if there's one thing you you will need, it is definitely patience. Um, are there any last minute words you want to give to our followers? No, but just stick with it. No matter where you are in your fitness journey, if you're not even started yet or you're halfway through and, and feeling like it's it's hard and not going anywhere, just stick to it. It will get better. It will get easier and you will um, find all the success in the world if you try. So, yeah. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And I hope you guys have an amazing day. We will see you next time on Mindfulness with Viv. Bye, guys.